Okay, welcome to Take the Leap. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast, Escaping the Matrix and Reconnecting to Our Inner Knowing on this path to self-actualization. If it's your first time, I want to welcome you to the conversation and I'm very excited to have anyone returning. It's good to have you as well. I want to go ahead and get into some jumping points. That's what we do here. I'm the host, Shay, and every Monday and Wednesday, definitely finding some enjoyment and sharing this journey of transformation and discovery with you. Um, We're peeling back new layers of the onion despite our smiles, our tears, and our perceived fears. In the last couple of episodes, it has been getting a little bit more personal, right? Um, I've definitely talked in general about different topics, and we definitely had some... um, reflection and being able to review a lot of the same concepts but with different aspects of life and today it's really not going to be much different than that but I do want to talk about the psychology and um, the neurobiology of self-love and I want to do that because I know that we can spend a good amount of time online right and really using that space as a way to uplift our spirits or we talked about the the fear of missing out right so we're looking onto other people's lives and seeing how much they're enjoying it and trying to really figure out how can I be a part of an enjoy um, a joyful experience as well like how can I experience happiness right and that's one way that we're doing it which is external and it's because we have received so much of our information that we process internally we have received it externally whether it be from our family members our friends our co-workers schoolmates um, messages that we receive as far as reward and punishment society telling us certain standards and ways that we should live and how we present ourselves and sometimes those things go hand in hand with how we feel about ourselves inside and who we want to express and how we want to express ourselves externally. But sometimes those two things do not mesh. And I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, it's something that you have to be born with, because it's not. It's definitely something that we cultivate. And it's all about the information that we're taking in, that we're taking ownership of, so what we're holding on to, and then what we're using for action. A lot of people talk about subconscious and conscious, but um, I am not a doctor, and so, I am more of a student of life and I I like to read a lot of things and I'm definitely into psychology, went to school for that. And so when when I want to talk about it, I do want to talk about some of those things that matter like the neurotransmitters and the dopamine and serotonin and things like that. And so I'll hit that the best that I can, but I'm not a doctor and I don't desire to be so. But I will also give you some books that you can um, get into as well that would help explain these things and really give us a tangible point to consider as well okay something that we can put our hands on and not just thinking that this is some narcissistic view of of who we want to be or that we're faking it until we make it per se this is more like exposing the gift that's underneath okay underneath all of the noise and in all of the um, information that has really covered up who you intended to put on display. So um, I definitely want to continue this conversation in the Facebook community. We continue all of our conversations in the Facebook community. And I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. So if you want to find out what's going on there, because we are growing that community at this time, then stick around to the end. Or if you have a fast forward option, 
You can cheat and do that, but I just definitely would not suggest it. Okay. So um, it's your first time with us, then I just want to go over self-love a little bit because a lot of people do think, oh, it's about me, 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 and me being the center of attention. But self-love is the practice of valuing and treating ourselves with compassion, treating ourselves with kindness and being respectful to ourselves. Okay. It doesn't always mean that we're going to like what's going on, but it does mean that we're going to respect ourselves. And sometimes we are not in a space to do that, right? Maybe we've been disrespected by so many individuals externally. We just think that is the norm, especially if it's starting from a young age and we're using that as a model to how we should treat ourselves. Um, it's definitely an essential aspect of our emotional well-being and our mental health as well. When I say mental health, I am not necessarily talking about a diagnosis or diagnoses, just talking about the balance of feelings, emotions, thoughts, actions, okay? Self-love, it has a basis in our brain's functioning. So as neuroscience has shown that it's associated with different parts of our brain, so different regions in the brain, and neurotransmitters, right? The things that are firing off that kind of look like nerves if you've ever seen them illustrated before. So let's talk about some of the main aspects of self-love and their neurobiological correlates, okay? Self-awareness and self-control, that is an aspect of our self-love journey. And those things are linked to increased activity in our prefrontal cortex. That part of our brain is responsible for our higher cognitive functions. And when we say higher cognitive functions, we're talking about decision-making, we're talking about making plans, and we're talking about the ability to self-regulate. Um, if you've seen any of my trolling comments, it talks a lot about self-regulation, emotional regulation. So that is what we're experiencing in our prefrontal cortex. So if someone has damage to that region of the brain, then these areas may be affected, their decision-making, their planning, and their self-regulation, okay? Um, another aspect of self-love is our compassion and self-care. Now, these activities are linked to having um, decreased activity in the amygdala, is what it's called, A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A. -A -A. And the amygdala is responsible for processing our negative emotions. What are negative emotions? And I don't want you to think of it as a bad word, even just using bad, right? So undesirable emotions, things that may put us in a place of stagnation, that may slow us down, that may cause life to stop for us, that may put um, a wrench in some of our activity. So those emotions can be things like fear, anxiety and stress right and at any moment in time in our life experiences these things creep in and anything that's happening can create stress it could be taking a test it could be going to a job interview it could be meeting a new person um any any experience can create that for different people right um they're also linked to a release of dopamine the compassion and our self-care and that's associated with feelings of pleasure and reward, the dopamine. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. Like when we 
bump our head and I just did it to myself as if you can see me and you cannot but <laughs> when we kind of smack ourselves in the forehead with the palm of our hand or that part there at the end of our at the bottom of our palm when we do that um, we're boosting that we're kind of like kicking that off that dopamine they say that we get a release of dopamine when we do that and so that definitely is correlated with our compassion and our self-care then we have the aspect of external trust and intimacy with other individuals those things are linked to the release of oxytocin and that stimulates um, like when we're stimulated by touch and social bonding that's when oxytocin is released okay it's also released um, when we're experiencing childbirth for those women who do and can and when we're engaged in nurturing behaviors and that nurturing behavior can be with children people that you know not treating someone like a baby but really nurturing and I want you to look that up because nurturing doesn't mean that you have to treat someone like a baby or like a child right but there are certain behaviors, how you care for them, um, how you're concerned about their safety and how you create and hold a safe space for them as well. Then we have our self-esteem and our self-respect. Now, these things or these aspects are linked to the serotonin and that's stimulated by um, a status aspect of love, like when we feel admired or um, we receive affection from a person that we want to receive affection from serotonin is involved in how our mood plays out how it's regulated and how we interact with those individuals in our social environment so that's the aspect of self-esteem and self-respect all right so you have those four areas our self-awareness and control which is that prefrontal cortex. We have our self-compassion and self-care, and that activity is decreased in the amygdala, right? And that's where our negative emotions are being processed. Then we have our trust and our intimacy externally with other people, and that's getting that oxytocin to be released, right? And the nurturing behaviors that we have, and it's stimulated by touch. That's why touch is so important. As a matter of fact, when we're talking about birth, um, that, that failure to thrive, and there's a practice where they finally start getting the men on it. Um, I remember, she's a lot older now, she's in the double digits, but when she was born, it was something that they asked the father to do that they had not asked in the previous births of my other children. So not just putting the baby on my chest and letting the baby feel who I am and bond with me, but also doing a skin-to-skin -to -skin touch with father and letting them get in on the bonding as well. They found that it helps them bond with their dad, and that's important. So even though they hear the dad's voice while they're in the womb, this is a chance to put that voice with a smell, with um, a unique ID, if you would, okay? for the baby fresh out of the womb. And so we wanna remember that those nurturing behaviors and being stimulated by touch and the need for social bonding. That's why I talk a lot about you need to know 
when it's appropriate to cut someone off, right? Because you can isolate yourself in a way, but it does not uh, result in forward function. It does not result in anything positive for you. At the same time, surrounding yourself with the wrong energy can also become a problem. So here we are with the know thyself. Then, like I said, we talked about self-esteem and self-respect, and that is connected to that release of serotonin, and that is being stimulated by feeling and receiving admiration and affection from people that we want to be around, the people that we do want to keep in our circle. And those things help with our mood regulation. So could you imagine being isolated and not having those things around that, that you could feel valued? You can value yourself, um, but that mood regulation and being able to interact with individuals and being able to say, hey, this is one person, it's not the whole picture of who I am. We have a lot of deals going on right now with moods not being regulated and when it's not happening, it is definitely causing some detrimental actions, actions that are changing people's lives in ways that they never thought they would be changed. And it's definitely cutting them off, not from just themselves, but any family and any hopes they have with their quality of life. Um, so, Research, and there's a lot of it out there. There's a book called The Neuroscience of Self-Love that is by um, Alexis Fernandez. It is a hyphenated name and I can't think of it right now, but the book is called The Neuroscience of Self-Love. It's a pretty decent read. Some things can get like a little quirky, but it's a pretty, I think you could get through it, okay? But the research is showing that practicing your self-love, it has a positive impact on mental health, that balance in our lives, because it helps us to lower levels of depression. Again, it never means that it's not gonna happen, but it means that we can come to a place of balance despite it happening, right? So it will help us with our depression. It will help us with our anxiety. It will help us with our stress. And then we can find ways to increase levels of happiness, increase levels of satisfaction, and experience resilience, build resilience in our lives. Because again, we can't stop these things from happening, but despite their occurrence, there are things that we can counteract with. We will know when to pull back, right? Because sometimes doing nothing is a great idea and we have to know when that is appropriate as well. So self-love, it can improve our physical health because we know that depression um, can have an effect on us physically. Maybe we don't eat when we're depressed. Um, maybe we do use eating as a uh, way to feel comforted, right? And so that can lead to different things going on. We can eat things that are not good for our body, things that increase our inflammation. Uh, we could deprive ourselves of nutrition, right? Which can also affect the function of our body. So self-love being attached to uh, these things and these processes it helps us physically not just mentally and um, we never we don't always realize like hair falling out things of that sort blood pressure going up and down cortisol levels which has a lot to do with weight as well whether we're putting on extra weight or not and then um, immune system so being vulnerable to external things in the, in the environment that can attack our bodies. Stress has a lot to do with that. Um, and malnourishment has a lot to do with that as well. 
And like I said earlier, self-love is not a selfish or this narcissistic concept. We love the N-word, right? Not the er or the ah, but the ist. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's self-love is this healthy, balanced way of relating to yourself and others. So it's not about just being alone, this island. It's not about being disconnected from others, but it has everything to do with how you're connecting with yourself and how that self is connecting with others. Again, it's not something that we're always born with, but it's something that we can always cultivate through our actions and through our thoughts. So that's why we talk about mindset a lot when we talk about self-love. And um, I don't want to leave you without ways to practice safe love. Oh, and another book, Your Brain on Love. That's by um, Stan Tatkin, T-A-T-K-I-N. He is um, a therapist, actually. I love books by therapists because a lot of times they have personal experience that you can relate to. And I think um, illustrations are sometimes the best way that you can break a more complex concept down. But his book talks about the neurobiology of healthy relationships. So I think that, I, at least I thought it was an interesting read. I think that you might find it to be interesting as well, especially if you have experienced any trauma in love relationships, familial relationships, or you're having a hard time maintaining friendships and you want to understand yourself more in that area and how you want to connect with people. I think that's a good read. But in the meantime, in between time, while you're trying to figure everything out, right? That slow, consistent, steady behavior is what we're talking about. So these are all the little nuggets in between. I don't want you to forget to be mindful of your thoughts, to be mindful of your feelings, and you will criticize yourself. But how about trying to decrease that criticism, right? Trying to find real evidence for that criticism and to also find the root of your negative self-talk. A lot of times, negative self-talk comes from external environments, things that we were fed, right? Um, I remember having my therapist and being told, you know, you're not gonna be able to do this or you're not gonna be able to do that. And it became my goal to prove that those things could be done. And I did prove that those things could be done. And it was like, but, what would have happened if I had taken ownership of the limitations they placed on me, right? And sometimes limitations can be an opportunity for growth for us as well. So I don't want, I hate when people take limitations as it's an I can't, it's a it will never, it's a I'm not able to. Hmm, are you able to do it in a different way? Does the limited amount that you have what advantage does it give you? So those are different ways to think about it. Also, don't forget to treat yourself with kindness, compassion, acknowledge all your strengths. People think to brag on themselves is bad. That is not a bad thing. It can be annoying when you're bragging on yourself in an effort to overshadow somebody or to try to put someone else down. Yeah, that can be annoying and no one wants to be around you. But you have strengths and you have achievements and there's nothing wrong with being proud of those things or being okay with those things and even mentioning them when they're appropriate. There are times when they are appropriate. And anytime we're alone, right? We're the only ones with ourselves all of the time, whether we're speaking out loud, 
or we're internalizing our thoughts. We're just, you know, with our thoughts, but we're with ourselves all the time. And so don't forget to do that. Um, when you write them down, don't be afraid to write them down because that's your own evidence there. We talked about that um, with the self-love, right? That was, I think that was last episode um, when I talked about the love me file. It's okay to keep track of those things. Those are the steps of your life. Those are the things that contribute to the quality of your life experience. And it's okay to recognize those things. Taking care of your physical, your psychological, your spiritual needs as well. And making sure that you engage in activities that make you feel happy and fulfilled. Do you like taking walks in nature? Well, how about you try to put more time in for that? If you're someone who has to work in an office, maybe your screensaver can be pictures of nature. Um, maybe if you're not a personal individual, you don't wanna put pictures of your family, you can put pictures of places that you have visited or that you would like to visit. Um, maybe getting something that plays different sounds from nature. So there's different ways that you can surround yourself externally with the things that you enjoy and that you know you identify with internally, okay? You don't always have to be in that place. Our thoughts are very powerful. People use the I word, imagination, okay? <laughs> but where our hearts and where our minds are, that is where we are. So why not cultivate that experience for ourselves? Um, setting healthy boundaries as well and respecting your own limits and preferences. Sometimes you're just gonna have to agree to disagree. Sometimes, like they said, it's okay to say no because you wanna stay home and you think you're gonna have more fun. It's okay to say no because you need some time to yourself and you've been out and about running here and there and giving of yourself to other individuals. It's okay to reserve that time for yourself and you should. It's healthy. It's a healthy balance for you, okay? Um, one thing I talk to people about lately is being an introvert or an extrovert, right? It'll be like, oh, you're not very fun. Well, that depends on what you define as fun. Maybe what I consider fun is not something that you would partake in, but it doesn't mean that I'm not fun because I'm not the class clown or I don't tell a lot of jokes. It doesn't mean that I don't have a sense of humor. How I handle work and how you handle work might be different. And um, I don't know when we're going to be in this space of being able to respect that about individuals. But in order for me to be liked, I don't necessarily have to be like you. Everybody has a different love language, so it doesn't mean that you don't love me because you didn't send me flowers and you didn't get me candy. Maybe that's not how you show love. Once I understand how you express that externally, right, how you show that, then I'm better able to understand that you are showing me love because this is your way of doing that. Maybe you knowing that I like books or um, I like nature, so maybe you taking me on a walk or you getting me a book that you think I like, that's your way of showing interest and expressing love. You see what I mean? Does it mean that we're gonna have the same win? No, but just like two people who speak different languages, right? If I speak Spanish and you speak Portuguese, at first we don't know what the hell is going on. We don't. It's just a bunch of noise. 
And so can be the same when we're talking about how we interact with each other. But once we start to learn little words, right, we, may, we still may not understand everything that's going on, but you're like, wait a minute, I recognize that. And I think they're trying to talk about this. And then you start looking for physical clues and you using your body, pointing to this, pointing to that, and then using the words that you do know to communicate, right? Until at some point, you guys have learned so many words that you're able to express yourself thoroughly and really understand each other. And so is uh, the process of relationships as well. We get so frustrated about that and we think that someone should know how to speak Spanish. I don't know how to speak Spanish. I didn't grow up with that, right? I grew up with Portuguese. And so <laughs> you don't speak Portuguese. I don't speak Spanish. This is going to require a little bit of effort from us, right? And we both have to want to learn the other language. We both have to want to do that, right? Um, and maybe in the process, we create our own language as well. Little words that only matter to us. I remember working with someone who um, had a hearing impairment and um, they didn't know like official sign language, but they had home signs is what they call. I had no idea there was a such thing as home signs, right? So even though I only know a little bit of ASL, it, it didn't help. It wouldn't have helped because they didn't know. And so I didn't know their home signs. So then once I understood and was able to speak with the family and they were able to explain the home signs to me, we communicated a whole lot better. We even laughed. We had jokes, everything, right? And they never spoke a word to me. And so it's that effort. It's that effort that we, that we want to give. And what did I do? I reached out to the family, someone who knew them. But who knows us best? Ourselves, right? So we're in a space to be able to communicate those things to other individuals. And that's what this journey is about. If we don't know what we need, if we don't know what we desire, who we are, how we thrive, it's very difficult to communicate that to someone else so that we can have this engagement, right? That builds and we cultivate this space where we both feel safe we both feel loved. We both feel like we have opportunities of growth, right? Not just professionally, not just in our relationship, but we can personally learn from each other, knowing that we don't have to own what's going on, but I can appreciate the experience that you're having. I don't have to have it, but I can understand the experience that you're trying to relate to me, right? And maybe in relaying those experiences, there are some things that are common between us. I'm not having the exact same experience, but there's some commonalities. There's some ways that I can resonate with you and we find new ways to exist with each other. So again, ways that we can find support and connections that we never knew that we'd find support in, right? So we need that support. It's important because technically we're connected, maybe not always directly, but indirectly to people in our environment. We have this connection and this inner knowing okay we have to appear inside before we can express it on the outside and we have to develop a love and appreciation for who we are and we're able to highlight those things and showcase those things not in an effort but that's just how we live okay so we first live it and experience internally before we represent it externally okay so I don't want people to forget, you know, be thankful for the opportunities that you have to be yourself, the opportunities that you have to communicate who you are and interact with others. 
Give gratitude for what you have and who you are. Celebrate your uniqueness because that is authentic. That is you being you. Maybe such and such is going to be liked for this, right? But you're going to be liked for something else. Does it mean that you guys both won't be liked? No, it doesn't mean that. Even dislike can be beneficial at times because it shows you something that you don't want to be, right? Maybe I want to remove this from myself, causing examination. I definitely have that in my life. Like, do I do that? <laughs> I remember going through a stage where, um, you know, because they say, you're looking at somebody, whatever you don't like about them, you're like looking at yourself, right? And I would, I would look at people and be like, ugh, I do not like what's going on with that person. And then I would turn the question back to me. I think I had a whole year of this type of experience. I turned it back to me and be like, okay, is there anything that I do that's similar or do I do that to people? And I was very surprised to find out how much the things that I did not like about some people that I actually did it. And I was also surprised to find out that there were some things I didn't even want to change. It was like, eh, I don't like it in that person. But this is how it works for me, whether it was a protective factor or how I processed something or how I dealt with some emotions. I No, I don't want to change that because this is how this process works for me and this works best. Some of those things changed, but some of those things didn't, okay? And so definitely check out those two books. Um, Your Brain on Love and um, The Neuroscience of Self-Love. And so if you think you haven't found the right one, that's what you're looking for. The Neurobiology, Neuroscience, and really find out how your physical um, plays into all that we're talking about as well. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, this is in vain. And then some people, there's different ways of learning and we're engaged in different ways. And I think this is a good way um, to also kind of jump off. And with that said, we are going to move this conversation to the Facebook group, which is Take the Leap, L-E-A-P. It is a private group, so once you're a member, no one can see that you're in there and no one can see what you're posting, but you are able to search the group. Once you get in there, um, like I said, this is not about promoting anything, no agendas. This is clearly about talking about our experiences and exchanging any resources that helped with that. Um, it has nothing to do with particular demographics like where you're located or what you look like anything of that sort but just really exploring ourselves and how we want to move forward in life with our external presentation and how we take care of our internal and really get to know who we are um, I do encourage you posting as well there's a couple of prompt questions in there to get the conversation started there's even an icebreaker in there right now and then just little snippets of um, the podcast itself there's a separate deal going on, and so like when I talk about the fear of missing out, it's not part of the podcast, but those are just some snippets coming from um, a different group, and I try to summarize those points and kind of pop that in there as well, but I would love to see your smiling faces. If you'd like to do a video to introduce yourself, that would be great. If you have any topics of concern with me that are related to the group or with the podcast, definitely feel free to reach out on Facebook. It's S-H-E-A-T-O-S-T-O-N, Shay Tostin. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time reserved for casual conversation, but I definitely want to hear any ideas, anything that you think that I could do better, and um, any topics as well that you think go hand in hand with this or that would enhance our experience with each other. 
I've had a great time. I thank you so much for spending this time with me and I can't wait to see you next time. Same station, same place at these crossroads. Have a good one.